Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Mr. Father, we thank you that, that you already have a plan, God, for, for these children. You, don't, you know each one individually, those who are already in this life and are going through such trauma, such tragic things in their lives, but also those who are to come. So, Lord, we pray, God, that you would protect them and that you would place them in safe families, Lord, in Jesus' name. We pray, God, for more families that you would raise up and place on their hearts, on their hearts to partner with you in some way or form, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So the sermon, only, the sermon timer only starts now, right, Any? Okay. Um, you guys can have that other video ready just now. Um, just... I'm, I'm pinballing a little bit between um, keeping the tears back and, and trying to get the words out. Um, Peter, um, <laughs> yeah, I just want to say I'm really proud of you. Yeah? Um, for more than just, for just more than that, just between you and me. <laughs> Um, yeah. So over the world, uh, across the world, this has traditionally started to become a, a Sunday of observing. Uh, in, in some parts of the world, they call it Orphan Sunday. Other parts of the world, they started to call it not Orphan Sunday, but Stand Sunday. Um, and I'm going I'm to ask you guys to, to show you a short video. Um, and then I, hopefully I will still be able to preach after that video. Um, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. Thanks, guys. Sorry, no, it's not that one. That one comes later. <laughs> there should be one that calls, uh, I think that says stand. Have you guys got it? The deepest suffering is not physical pain, but isolation, and it's felt by every orphan child and foster youth. Separated, alone, without. The world's orphans were suffering, but then came Orphan Sunday. The church that I was pastoring in Kalingalinga was a poor church. I would see children coming to church without shoes. I felt we should have a day as a church. This humble church set apart a day to care for orphans, and their sacrifice began a vision for orphaned and vulnerable children everywhere. I just think this is a miracle. This is the doing of God. On the other side of the world, another pastor heard the call for children in foster care. And Bishop Blake said to his congregation, who will stand with me today for the kids? And a lady stood and said, I will. And then another stood and said, I will. Within three months, 
39 children were placed in Bishop Blake's church. The vision grew. It echoed from church to church, from country to country, and God's great love changed lives and families. It's unimaginable that I could love him more than I, I could ever know. I just love this boy so much. It's, I think it's really the love of Jesus it, it placed in my heart because I could not love this way. In more than 100 nations, God's people were moved to reflect his love in action, and children found love and belonging. Our culture in Guatemala is not in Dutch culture at all. But when I met her, it was because here we, they, they show you a picture of her and they tell you, she's going to be. Once I saw her, I said, okay, she's mine. Від того, що ви зробили, дарували щастя одній, а якщо двоє, чи троє, чи більше, то це дуже-дуже велика милість для вас, для всіх, для нас. І завжди ми повинні пам'ятати, що добре там, де ми маємо жертовні. Today, God continues to call his followers throughout the body of Christ so that every orphan and vulnerable child can know his unfailing love. Will you say yes to be with the child who needs you now? Amen. Thanks, guys. I'm going to read for us from Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 to 38. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm dependent on you guys. And give them a second. Okay, you can read with me. So when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And for me, the first, first principle, and, and you would be able to relate with, with, any, with most of this in, in, in one way or form, is that in order, in order for us to love like Jesus... We, we need to also imitate them in the way that he does things, right? That's, I think that's a good place to start. Eh? Imitate him, being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, somebody that follows Jesus, that starts to look like Jesus. And it's a good, it, we imitate Jesus. And uh, taking some things of this, of this specific scripture, even Jesus, the son of God, who knew what he was called to do, he, once he saw the people... He was moved with compassion. And I think sometimes, for a myriad of reasons, we don't necessarily see people. Because either we've, we've closed ourselves off to the need because the need is just too big, or it, there's a sense of resemblance of the brokenness that we are confronted with. There's also a little bit of sometimes a resemblance of our own brokenness, and we, we try to steer away a little bit from that. But then also what I've, what I've seen is, is, is that we also have to position ourselves to see. 
Um, I was I was in the in the Western Cape a month ago with 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 uh, with Henny um, at the Pastor Summit, and uh, we obviously I was staying outside of Durban at the moment and coming to to the Western Cape, like everything is just it feels like clean and yeah I mean everything is in rows and everything is just looks perfect, and I I had I had a conversation with somebody, um, and it was talking about. Shucks, it just feels like they, they live in a different world. And I said, well, you know, the, the need is actually not that far from you. Just drive down the road out of your own suburb, and you will, be, and you will see. Um, so I didn't say you have to move to that suburb. Well, as I said, it's, it's all about exposing yourself or exposing your children to, to the needs of those around us. Now, I live on a, on a village for orphan and vulnerable children. We've got about 200 children um, on, the, on the village. But we also stay right next to uh, quite a poor community. So um, I am confronted day in and day out with, with, with a need. So, yes, I don't have to go far. I just have to put my foot out the door um, to be confronted with it. But the reality is, and I, and I, and I speak to us in, in our context here is um, because in comparison, this is quite a wealthy church, right? If, we had to, if you had to take the body of Christ as a, as a, as a whole. And what we, what we run the risk of doing is um, just sticking to our own communities. Community is key and is important, but um, Rick Rousseau, uh, who also does quite a lot within the orphan space in, in, in America, um, talks about gathering and scattering. So yes, it's healthy and we should gather. Don't stay away from gathering. But also that, that we, we gather to scatter. We, we, we gather so that we can then go out towards the need and to go and minister the gospel to that need. Um, so let's, let's allow ourselves to see. And, uh, and it's easy. I mean, in, in Joburg, we, we are, it's a lot more cosmopolitan. So you, 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 you drive and you pass and you drive uh, and confronted with, with a whole lot of stuff. Uh, but at the same time, we, we do sometimes get um, a little bit numb. Can anybody re- relate with that? Sometimes it's just like the need is just so great or I am just, I'm late for my meeting or, or whatever, and, and sometimes we, we start getting numb and we don't allow God to actually help us to see um, in, in those cases. I, was, I had a bit of a wake-up call two weeks ago, exactly two weeks ago. So on Sunday mornings, we take our, our oldest daughter, Elaine, you'll, a lot of you remember her, um, she, we take her to, to nippers, like uh, it's like life, life-saving for, for, for little ones. And two weeks ago, I took her, we left the village at 7.30, and I, just as I drove off the village, one of my campus team, the guys that does maintenance, um, uh, a couple of hours just before that, got stabbed to death in the road just outside the village. Um, and, oh, man, it was, his body's still lying in the, in, the, in the road, and the police is there, and sure, I just, just, just in reflection, in, in, in that, on, on that wake-up call there is that time goes by very quickly. And, uh, and, and, and God just, 
I mean, obviously, you can go a little bit on a guilt trip on on what if and what could have and all of that. But I just just knowing him and knowing that he didn't know Jesus, I just pondered with the question: Is that I really make the most of every opportunity that I had with him? Um, and for me, the answer was no, I didn't. Um, and but at the same time, um, I'm not I'm not going on a guilt trip about it or anything like that. But it, it is a wake up call. Um, in, in terms of to to be serious with that which matters, and uh, and the go- taking the gospel to the lost is something that we need to take serious, and we don't know how much opportunity we are going to have, and that we make the most of every opportunity. Um, so my encouragement to us all is to, if you like, it's great, but it's it's very maybe a very foreign concept to you. Is I, I would just want to encourage you to to position yourself in spaces where you're going to start to see the need. Um, and and it doesn't necessarily mean that not all of us are called to adopt. I mean, but not all of us are called to foster. But, but as the body of Christ as a whole, there is a mandate that we have. So the question is not necessarily if we get involved. The question is how do we get involved? And how does that relate to each and every one of us? For some, it is to adopt. For some of us, it is to foster. For some of us, it's to support a family that might not have the financial means to do it, but that we can partner with. Or um, I'll come back to quite a lot of other, other ideas. All righty. So that is to see the way that Jesus sees I um, just want to backtrack a little bit because I'm going to come back to our own story also. Um, you can show just everybody our, a picture of our family. Um, uh, I think half of you or more I probably know very well. Dan Fashion, it's good to see you. It's been, uh, it's been a while. Dan was also at Live for, for quite some time. Uh, that's my family. And uh, Elaine in the yellow, she's the oldest one. And then Amy Louise. And then our twins uh, that we adopted uh, they were also just short of four months old when we adopted them. So just a miraculous, miraculous story about how God had just prepared our hearts. And for time's sake, I won't be able to share that whole story. Um, but it is uh, just amazing just to see how God has, has just provided in, in, in that sense. Um, the, their names is Judah and Joshua. Judah, uh, Judah means praise. And I'll give you one guess which one's Judah. Um, so he is our little extrovert, and uh, he is, well, both of them are a bundle of joy, but Judah has just got that extra, that extra edge when it comes to joy. He stands in front of the TV with, a, with, his, with his tennis racket, and then he worships with whatever music is on there. That and a rugby ball. For some, he, he can kick a ball. He's three years old, or he's turning three in December, but he can kick a ball. Oh, amazing. He's got a lot of balls. And so we, we have one photo of him as well where he's, he's sitting on his rugby ball with his guitar in hand, and he's just going at it. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my family. Uh, God had led many years ago. He led us or placed on our hearts, Christine and our hearts, to adopt. Um, but it also started with seeing a need. Our, we, we, we stayed here in West Dean, and next to us moved in a, uh, a foster home. Um, and there was, there was a child there that, that was just weeping uncontrollably, and Christine had kind of just peeked over the fence 
to see what was going on, and that just broke our heart, and that's kind of where the journey had, had started. Um, it, 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 it took quite a number of years before we ended up actually adopting, um, but in the process, when we said, okay, when we decided, okay, now it's, it's time, uh, within a couple of days, I had a dream, and uh, you, you will remember Honda, Blake, yeah? Um, I dreamt that I got a text message from her. Um, and the only part of the dream that I remember of the text, the end of the text ended with, and good luck with the twins. So we, I woke up from this dream and was like, okay, God, if this is you, then uh, we, we open for the idea, but you're going to have to kind of just guide us here and lead us through this whole journey. And um, another, another interesting story there is as we went through the whole process, um, our neighbors on the village, they were from Scotland at the time. Dan, you'll remember Dave Crow and them. Uh, they were from Scotland, and they had friends visiting from the U.K., and uh, they asked whether they can use our baby bed, the court, um, and, uh, because they had some friends that's, that's coming with a baby. And yes, we said, yeah, sure. And so they, they borrowed it. And when their friends arrived, they had twin boys, uh, very pale skin, red hair, looks like they come from the UK. Um, and, uh, and we just looked at these twins and were like, they're going to sleep in, our, in, in this cot of ours. And we, we just smiled at each other and we said, well, maybe it's prophetic. And in hindsight, uh, that was 21 December 2018, the same night that our boys were born. Um, you know, so it's just, it's, there's, there's a few markers like that. Um, that, that we know that we know that is beyond a shadow of a doubt that God had meant for us to adopt these two boys. Um, also, when we, had to, when we were deciding, um, oh, I don't know if you, if you know uh, Gunther and Karen Titus, um, Heinrich's, Heinrich's brother. So they were on the village as well. They, it took many years before they were uh, pregnant, and they were pregnant at the time when we were going through the screenings. Um, and they were, after we got the information about the boys, they, I had a chat with him and he was, uh, he was saying, I was, they were expecting a boy and they were deciding to, what they're going to name their boy. And they were deciding between Nathan or Nathaniel. And the, our boys' original names, which we're keeping as well, is Nathan and Nathaniel. Um, so it's just it's interesting. Uh, we, we we're keeping those names, but we're also giving them two two other names as well. Um, just amazing that if as God starts to speak to us about these things, if we are willing to open up our eyes, open up our ears to to listen, then then He will guide us. Okay, next point. Um, if we're going to love like Jesus and we're going to imitate them, we my encouragement to us all is to is to ask rather than to assume. Um, now, it's easy to, to, um, to think that back to that scripture, Jesus is talking about ask for the Lord of the harvest for the laborers. That's not the ask that I'm talking about. When we are engaging with people, and we want to be a safe place to, for people, my encouragement to us all is to not assume that you know what they need. Ask. Um, we, we, we had a, um, who have you seen the, 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 the movie Beyond, Beyond the River? Um, and it's uh, the, the guys that are behind that movie, Heartlines. I'd encourage you to watch it. It's about the Doozy Canoe Marathon. And um, it's, it's this picture between 
just two worlds of this guy, professional guy, and, and a guy out of Soweto Timeship that is basically starting to journey with them. And just the contradiction of the two stories, how the one guy is waking up and he's having a nice, comfortable shower um, to get to practice, where, and then the, 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 the other story about where this guy is waking up in, a, in the township and all of the effort that he needs to go through in order to get there. And then he's a little bit late. And then this guy, with his car and with his, with his luxury, snaps at him and says, yeah, African time. Um, but um, that, is, comes, that, that comment comes out of a place of not understanding. Um, and it's not to say that the guy should have been late. It's just that, that quite often when we engage with people, um, we, we assume and we, and we write people off. And my encouragement is, is to ask. We, through Heartlines, we, we had a thing on the village at some stage called What's Your Story? Um, and this is actually quite a nice tool at your work because it, it doesn't necessarily come in with a, uh, a gospel agenda. Um, but you can, you can use it for a gospel agenda because what it does is it brings also reconciliation. It builds bridges between races, between different classes, etc. And it, it actually just invites people to actually sit down and tell one another their stories. Where do you come from? How many children do you have? Um, and it's amazing to have seen how that has built bridges. Um, even Jesus, when he engaged with people... Um, like at times there's 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 somebody lame or blind or whatever, and Jesus says, "What can I do for you?" It's not like um, he just doesn't just assume. Now he's the son of God; he he, he kind of knows what the person needs. Um, but at the same time, to build relationships, to build bridges, is is to is to ask. So to be a safe place for somebody is not just to come in and bash them with a the Bible, not just say, "Hey, I see you need this. Here you go." Um, but to say, how can I help you? Who are you? Where are you from? Tell me your story. Um, and uh, you'll very quickly hear where, where people are at. What, are they, what is their journeys? How many people are actually dependent on that one person? How many people are they feeding? Um, Etc. Okay. So in, in asking, I also want to encourage us all. Listen. Um, don't ask. Because I said now Ask. <laughs> Um, but ask to listen, to really hear what, what are people saying and what is the Holy Spirit saying to you in the process as well to where to go to. All right. Next one is to feel. It's to allow our hearts to feel emotion. Now, like when Jade was sharing and this video was on I, and I was like, how oh, am I going to get a word out here? Because like when Christine and I prayed about coming here, and the message that God had laid on my heart, I was like, God, I, I'm really trusting you for, for a healthy sense of emotion in this, in this message. And then I could struggle to hold the tears back. And I'm like, God, not yet, not now. <laughs> Maybe later when there's a punchline or something. Um, but the thing is, we need to allow ourselves to feel, to, to have compassion. I remember uh, Ace. he was here at one stage as well, a big rugby player, he's now in Secunda. I remember also sharing or, or praying for him once, and I really just sensed, you know, and I shared with him, I really just sensed that God is going to start opening up your eyes for the need of people around you, and he's going to break your heart for what breaks his heart. And, this big, and he's big. 
And he started weeping up and he said, yeah, God has already started to do that. And I'm like, that's amazing. It's a healthy space to be. Um, for us guys, it's a healthy thing to be, okay, uh, to, to be at. Um, so obviously find a safe space to be able to do that as well and debrief with God and pray about it and say, God, what are you doing? What, why are you breaking my heart in this, in this way? Um, and uh, so allow our hearts to, to feel emotion. And once again, if we see the need, then we, we, cannot, we cannot unsee stuff, right? So one night, one of the teenagers in the village decides to walk away. So we go and search for her. Well, she didn't walk away because she didn't get out of the property, but now she's somewhere. So all of us guys, in the middle of the night, we are out and about, and we're looking for this child. And I stumble on... So, so, the, so the younger children... They have the tendency, whenever there's a cat that has kittens, that they they yeah they, they get a hold of these kittens, not not to abuse them, but that inevitably that's what happens. So I get into one of the bathrooms and there's this little kitten. So I'm like, I wish I didn't see that. Now it's like I cannot I cannot unsee that now. Um, uh, alive and well, so it's not. It's not like a horror scene. It was. Um, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm looking for a teenager, not a cat. Um, so now, what do I do? Um, anyway, so took the cat home and fed it and found an, found the cat an owner. But it's just, it's just when when we are confronted with a need, either we're going to harden our hearts in that moment, or we're going to like, okay, God, what do we do? Um, that's a very silly example, but the, 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 the analogy goes uh, for most needs that we, that we do encounter. Um, at the same time, I do, do want to make a disclaimer, is that I know that we can run the risk of getting compassion fatigue, okay? of, of where we are, we, we are just running after everybody's needs. And, and I think for social workers or people that are dealing con- constantly with trauma kind of scenarios, you can get f- compassion fatigue, and it's so key um, for, for people to be, to be plugged in relationally in a healthy community and more so a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I do not know how a social worker or somebody that deals with trauma, how they do this if they do not have God to, to debrief with um, and, and deal, with, deal with that emotion. Okay, so my, my encouragement is, is not to harden our hearts, but to go and take that, whole, that same thing and go and debrief with God. Say, God, what now? Now I've seen this, now what? Um, a lot of us that have gone on missions before as well, once you've gone on missions and you see um, and experience what ministering to the lost uh, can do and what it does, and, and, and it's not actually that all that difficult. Immediately when you get back home, you, you look and you, you start to see the people around you again with fresh eyes, your colleagues, guys at the garage, guys that you play sport with at the gym, the, your, your children's parents, ach, your, your, the other parents at school, etc. Um, and we kind of just afresh just start to see, okay, well, why, where, where, where are people where are people at? Okay, before I touch on the last one, so those are that, that is to for us to engage um, and love like Jesus. We need to be a safe place. Okay, so one, allow ourselves to see. Number two, ask. Don't don't assume. And number three, allow ourselves to feel like Jesus saw and he had compassion. And then 
Before I share the last one about engage, engage with faith, I want to just show you that other video that you had. This, you, you might have to turn your head sideways just to see it. It's just to break the ice. This is Judah, okay? The guy that I said his name is Praise. This is him. That was earlier this week. <laughs> um, they go to the pre-primary on the village, which we call the, the ECD, the Early Childhood Development Center, and they, they have the privilege of learning Zulu, English, and Afrikaans. Um, so sometimes when he speaks, I need to just figure out what is, what is he, which language is he speaking. Um, and then he, he, he confuses his, his P's with um, everything, anything with a S or a F comes out as p. So the other day, he keeps calling Amy Louise, uh, what did he call her? Mappy. He keeps calling her Mappy. I'm like, is he trying to say Mikey? What is he saying? And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We tend to call Amy Louise quite often Lifiki. So he's saying Mippy instead of Lifiki. Anyway, so when he's singing there, Jesus, Lappi, Mappy, that is, that is what he's saying there. All right. So that's just to get everybody awake again. It doesn't have much to do with the message, all right? Um, okay. So for us to engage with faith, and this is, I'm going to stand still quite a, lot of, a little bit with this because I do want us to get practical about how do, how, what, what, what do we do? The need is massive, and there's lots of needs. But I'm talking about, obviously, in the, in the context of orphan and vulnerable children. I want us to read with me and from Luke Chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Okay. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. If you, 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 you might switch off because you know it very well. Switch on intentionally to see some of the stuff there that's not there, like the A in brackets. Don't worry if you didn't get that. All right. On, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit, to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Yeah, before we carry on there, so... Just that is that is often like okay, but that is a question that we would ask ourselves when we are confronted with a need, right? Okay, but where do I go? Or um, the the need is too big. I'm not. I, I'm just going to carry on with what I'm doing. Uh, or I've got a series to binge watch. I don't have time. Um, sorry, that was meant to be a little bit of a joke, but tough crowd. Um, so, obviously, there's lots of stuff that we have. We have our own children. We have to provide for our own families, etc. Um, but at the same time, what is what is what is often our excuse? And sometimes we we've got legitimate excuses, right? Um, but at the same time, engage with faith with God to say, "Okay, God, what do you want me to do?" And not box God in 
um, in, in, in that way. All right, let's read further. Anybody wanted to justify himself? Okay, who and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down to Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to go down the same road. Okay, fast forward this into the modern day context. Okay, a pastor, an elder, a leader in the church went down the same road, and when he saw the man, he had passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, who is also more on the priestly side of function. But when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan. Now, remember the Samaritans? Okay? In, in those days, the Samaritans, the Jews didn't associate with the Samaritans for a number of reasons, which I'm not going to go into now, but they didn't associate with them. They would walk around Samaria when they would, would go, go through. Um, so by just mere, by the mere fact that Jesus is saying a priest and a Levite, and he's, remember he's talking to a teacher of the law, okay? So by virtue of the fact that he's, he's using examples of a priest and a Levite, and then a Samaritan whom they did not associate with, they did not sit around the same campfire, is, is potentially offensive to this guy. And he's saying, all right. So, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where he was, where the man was, and when he saw him, note there, when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an, to, to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when, you, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was the, na- it was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told them, go. And do likewise. So my encouragement to us this morning is that, like in, in a case like this, this is also a prime example. This Samaritan didn't take responsibility of this person forever. He saw the need and he dealt with the need. Um, for some of us, it might be to become a, a, a place of safety where there is a child that gets rescued out of a out of a desperate situation, and they need to place the child now at a at a safe place. And you might have capacity in this season of your life to be able to take in a child for a few months until they find a suitable foster home or um, other place for them to go. Um, the, the, when we adopted our boys, they were placed what they call a kangaroo mom, which um, is also a temporary place of where they, where, where they would stay um, that this mum would look after them um, until somebody adopts them or they place the child permanently somewhere else in, in, in foster care. This lady where they were has had over 70 babies, seven zero babies come through them. Needless to say, when we got our boys, they were sleep-drained. Um, so <laughs> she, she um, that was remarkable. She's, uh, I think she's the... In Malmesbury, her husband is the Invonenewif. I think I'm not sure if it's a primary school or high school. Swartland, I think primary school is the Invonenewif of the of the of the school. 
um, and, and she's, she's the wife, so she, she's just used to opening up her home for people. Um, for us introverts, it's a little bit more intimidating to just open up our homes for just anybody. Um, that's where the introverts just go, amen. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it, it depends. For some of us, God is not calling us to do that, but um, some of us, like the Samaritan, had the financial means in order to enable the innkeeper to look after the person's needs. Um, and and we, we at Live, we are largely um, dependent on churches, individuals, corporates, government to partner with us in terms of funding in order to do, in, in order to do what we do. And, and I have friends in this congregation that partly sponsors our salary as well, which enables us then to be there as well. Where's Yannis? Yannette sends her love, by the way. Um, there we go. Yannette, uh, uh, daughter, is also there. She's an she's a OT, an occupational therapist, um, and uh, yeah, also just a massive, massive blessing to, to have her there. Another guy that's from Joburg, uh, I don't know, he was more in the Santin congregation, Gerard Jonker. He finished his articles last year, came there this year to, to volunteer. It's amazing to have another CA there that's, that's volunteering, people that, are, that have got scare skills to, to be able to, to keep the, the engine running. Um, God has laid on his heart to, to continue there next year, which I just said, yes, thank you, Jesus. Now I can let the finances go, um, but I'm not leaving live yet. I'm going to be staying on uh, looking after operations and things like that. Um, so, yeah, so Gerard is going to be staying there. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping uh, I've got a, got a number of meetings this week with, with a whole lots of people. So hoping to see if I can raise some, some funds to keep Gerard there, um, which, which will also just be a massive, massive blessing. Um, but it is also sometimes it's to, it's to support social workers um, with, with regards to moral support with those who are in the field locally or wherever, uh, kin culture. Kin culture, by the way, was also birthed through somebody within Chofar. Um, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong. Debia and them, they they had the vision for 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 kin culture. He's now the pastor in God, Chofar Gardens in Cape Town. Saw them a couple of weeks ago. Um, they started the vision for with with kin culture, uh, which is amazing. So there's there's already we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, but if God wants you to build a spare wheel, then go for it. Don't, um, don't, don't hold back. Um, all right. So then there's a, yeah. So, and also some of us are not resourced in such a way that we can permanently help somebody like a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, Christine wanted to take what we, we, we call our discipleship groups with our youth. We call tribes. She wanted to take her tribe away to uh, just for a weekend away um, and and we were like okay we're going to count the cost here even if we don't if 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 nobody comes on board we're just gonna we'll pay for this out of our own pocket and we stood in faith and we we made the booking and uh, made a shout out on facebook and and somebody said they'll they'll pay for the whole camp somebody can do something like that as a once-off which makes a significant difference um, for people uh, and especially for the children. Some of those children go, almost never go off the village. But to be able to take them, uh, they went to near the Drakensberg, and it's the first time that a lot of these children were able to actually see snow. She had planned it months in advance, and she was like standing in faith that that weekend it will snow, and that weekend it snowed. 
Um, so it's just it's such a blessing just to, to, to partner with God and partner with people whose, whose hearts are, are, are for, for the kingdom in that way. Um, also, also amazing. You can, and, and I don't, and and I'm kind of coming around to this one. But prayer, prayer for us in in those spaces cannot cannot under undervalue the prayer that the difference prayer makes. We have a we have a child on the village who, um, Janet will know what what uh, you call the um, condition, but he's permanently in a wheelchair. And uh, and Christine, a couple of months ago, just like God, nothing nothing is impossible for you. And she was just in that space. Like God, nothing is impossible for you. Not even for this child, Muzi, to be able to walk. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Yannette and them, as the OTs, they've been working long with him. And the other day, for the first time, he was able to walk with a uh, uh, Dan. You'll know Muzi. Um, walk with a. Uh, with assistance on his own, um, and that's just that is a miracle right there. Um, so it's like, like, and 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 I come back to the prayer. My 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 encouragement to you is to is to pray, pray for those around you, pray for 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 other places, pray for us. It it really really makes a, a massive difference. Without it, uh, it, it is it is tough. It is it is impossible. We ourselves obviously pray. But the more believers come around us and pray for us and pray with us, the, the, the bigger the impact. And the reality is, is that for us, is it really it is on the cold face. It is, it is on the front line, and the enemy does not like what we are doing. Um, so the onslaught is sometimes quite hectic. Um, and where we are, there's quite a lot of uh, sangomas and stuff going on. So the spiritual climate sometimes is, is very, very intense. Um, so if you, you pray for us on those things, not just for provision, but just for also for the hearts of the children. Uh, the, heart, the, the children come out of really, really traumatic, or a lot of them, most of them come out of um, traumatic circumstances. One family, you know, I have run-ins with this one child so often. Every time that I see him, we, have, we bump heads. And the other day... Um, so backstory to their setup is their mom was shot and killed in front of them when he was very little. So you have to kind of know that in the back of your mind when you deal with this with this child. And that day it was just another one of those times where I was just like he's just obstinate. And I'm like, what is going on with you? Why do you not engage? Why do you not listen to what I say? I'm just asking you a plain question. And I get home, and I get the news that this child's father was in that week, was that that child's father showed up on the village. They were told that they don't have any family. Um, and, th- yeah, they, they, it was just, so you can imagine the news that a child that, like, like that receives. What is going on with his internal processor? Um, so, so just for the healing, salvation, restoration for these children is a massive, massive battle. Um, and, and then for endurance, for the teachers, um, Juan Kidd, some of you might know him, he's, um, he's the principal for the primary school um, there. He, he was on show for Instagram Bosch with me as well. And um, he's in school every day. And the, the amount of discipline issues that he sits with in school. So it's for endurance for the teachers, endurance for the OTs, for the social workers. It is... 
Um, I mean, it's a beautiful space where we are, and, and you look at the videos, and the, and the vision is beautiful, but the outworking of the vision is a war zone. Um, and uh, and it's draining when you when you have to try and keep <laughs> the children um, it, like disciplined and 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 in line, but there are good stories as well. There's a, there's a lot of children that that whose hearts have turned to God, who has found salvation, who's walking in a relationship with God, um, and and their lives is really being transformed. Even if they, their lives don't transform, they go to university. And uh, um, we set them up at least with a better chance for a better future, on a practical on a, on a practical level as well. Okay, um, yeah. So I do I do want to emphasize. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of raising a few things of how how you can get involved in some way or form. But I do want to thank you, you you like any you guys you guys sent us um, from here. Um, at the time, it was for. Two years, we're still going strong after four years. <laughs> um, but yeah, the way that, that you all have, have morally supported us, financially supported us, um, and, and it does feel like home when, when we come here. Uh, just the amount of faces that, that, we, that we see. Uh, tomorrow is Christine and my wedding anniversary. We partly went there because our marriage was taking so lots of strain. I can gladly testify that our marriage is healed and restored. Um, and and God is, is is doing amazing things in us and through us and um, yeah so it is really really great to to come back here like I said tomorrow's our wedding anniversary so last night we watched with our children our wedding video and uh, Andrew I must say we have some good moves on the dance floor man <laughs> um, so Andrew was one of my best men. Kara uh, was one of Christine's bridesmaids, um, and uh, Alex Nizan was featuring on the dance floor as well. And yeah, so it's just I, I the, the point I was trying to make is I want to thank you guys for, for this congregation that you are you are a congregation that give that partner, um, and I want to encourage you to 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 be intentional about it continuously. Um, I know that you are. Um, and and perhaps today what I'm bringing back is, is just something that God has really deposited and worked very deeply in our heart and our hearts um, for, for the orphan, for the vulnerable, for the poor, for the down and out. Um, and uh, yeah, sure, the need, is, the need in our nation is really big. And uh, we, we, the, we really need all hands on deck within the church to, to get stuck in in one way or another. Um, some of you have been anointed for business, and some of you might resource ministry. Some of you will be the ones that are going out, etc. Um, and uh, yeah, there's another organisation called Cause for Justice, guys in Shofar and down in the Western Cape, that advocate to do do quite a lot of advocacy work within the legal space and takes on quite a, a few things. Um, whenever uh, where there's legislation and things that want to get passed, which is just morally, just not on. Uh, they they take on those cases. Um, you can go and Google them. Cause for justice. Um, also, they do amazing work within within that legal space. And 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 just want to highlight that thing about in the legal space. In in case it in it's it's in the past in the last few years it's been it's been semi impossible to adopt in case it in. 
Um, in some other parts of the country, it's just as difficult. Here, it's a little bit easier. Western Cape is a little bit easier. Um, and, and there's lots of reasons for it. But I want to give you an example of what happened to one of our children. Um, we, we've got different villages. We've got one in Lanseria. There's one looking to start up in Cape Town. There's one in Grahamstown and the main one in, in Durban. But then we've also got other um, other houses called Tokomala, which was foster homes that Unilever had started, and they asked Liv to take them over. Um, if you're familiar with the old Kibwe Kids model, it's very similar to that. In different different towns, there's a foster home with a mum and foster children in. So there's about 15 odd houses across the country, and in one of the in one of the homes in Durban. Um, there was a child. It was. It was every two years they have to renew their um, their placement in court. So it was supposed to be a routine: go back to court, renewal, be placed back in foster care. Judge there turned around, oh, and the father was there. Father doesn't have uh, employment. There's not in a space to be able to look after the child. Not ideal circumstances. The mum's passed away. Um, was the social worker took the child to court. Father was there. And the judge turned around and said, you're going home with your father. Um, and the father said he can't take care of this, of this child. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have financial means. But the judge said, no, you're going home with your father. The, the child turned around to the social worker and said, will you come and get me? Will you come and, will you come and find me? And a couple of weeks later, he was found beaten to death. And um, fortunately, this 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 uh, magistrate is is um, being uh, looked into. Uh, partly because of that, but also partly because it, all of their wealth organizations has problems with a specific magistrate, with a specific judge. Um, but those are those are the battles and the and the fights that we have to fight out there for for the children who can't fight for themselves. Um, yeah. Okay. In closing, <clears throat> there's I don't want to go into any specific obstacles that we personally might have. To, to get engaged with, with this. There, there, there are seasons in our lives when it's not possible. There are different, different times and spaces and different things that God calls us to do. And those are, those are good. Um, but what I'm trusting for today is that there's a, that stuff that God has come and done in our hearts, the, the vastness of the need that, that God has opened up our eyes to see um, and having been moved with so much of compassion for the need around us, I am trusting just for an impartation and a deposit here, and for each and every one of us in this congregation and in the church overall, to go back to God and say, God, now what? Um, there's um, the, uh, Henny, Henny um, what is true? What, what is true out of Scripture, and what, what do we do about it? Um, at Live, we call it um, so what? And now what? <laughs> um, so, so what about it? And now what? What is what is the implications for my life or for the community that I live in? How do how do we engage? Um, and maybe it's to open up your house for for a child, 
or for children or to partner with other people um, in whichever way, whether it's in prayer, whether it's financially, or whether it's through um, another way that I just want to plant the seed is um, one of our last year's matrics at Live went to university at Bloemfontein. Christine and I took her to Bloemfontein, went to go settle her in at res. Obviously, it's COVID, so we thought that she would have food when she gets there in res. It's lockdown status there, so everything is not really happening. So we sorted it out for the night there with food and, and groceries. But fortunately, also, we stayed over with, some of you might know, Tad and Mika. Uh, they were in Pretoria, and they are in Bloemfontein and Shofar there. And uh, we spent the night with Tad and Mika, and we took her with for dinner there. And they've kind of become a host family for her, that every now and then over a weekend, they would go and fetch her from res, take her in, just host her for the weekend, see that she's okay, etc. She has now been elected as Haka um, in her res for next year. Um, and next year, there's potentially two students coming here to, to UJ. Um, it would be amazing if there are people that, that would be keen to open up their homes in a similar fashion to, I mean, just... Just moving out of KZN is already a massive jump for, for these children. Um, so much more to Joburg. Um, so if there are people that can be a safe space um, for these children, a home away from home, live in essence is their home for how long ever they wanted. It's a place where they would come back to over the holidays. Um, but it, like there's now over 30 children that has now since left live that is scattered to other places where they're either studying or working, etc. Um, and as they come here, it would be amazing um, if, if there are families here that can open up their homes just to be a safe space um, for children like that. It's not confirmed yet whether they are going to be coming here. Um, one of them might actually go to Poch. Um, so, yeah, things like that. Um, got a whole long list of ways that you can be involved, but I think I've, I've, I've said enough. And uh, why... And, and, and Mezen also just encouraged me, and, and, and I did ponder this just in terms of how do we, now what, now what do we do? And uh, I want to I wanna just, I want to, just as a call to action, I, I want us just to all to stand, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite us, if you, if you feel just God, just to embrace the call of God, um, of whatever, whether it's big or small, to, to get on board as the church of Jesus Christ, to look out, look out for the needs of the, of, the, of the orphan and the vulnerable. I'm going to invite you all to stand, but I am going to pray for us. Um, yeah. I just want us to, to if, you, if you feel led to stand with us in this cause, I want to just ask you just to raise your hand as a sign that you stand with us in this cause, whether it's in prayer, whether it's financially, or whether it's to open up your home in one way or form. Not, you're, not, you're not saying yes to me. It's just more of whatever God is placing in your heart here this morning. It's to say, yes, God, I, I, I stand with you. I, I'm willing to be sent. I'm willing to be used in this area. I'm going to pray for us, and in whichever way or form you want to respond, I want to encourage you just to, just to bring that which God is laying in your hearts. And I want to really encourage you, don't let fear or preconceived ideas or anything like that hold you from just opening up your heart and potentially your home to, to what God wants to do.
So Father, I pray, God, that we as a, as, a, as a church, we as the church of Jesus Christ, that we would open up our hearts. Help us to see where, in a sense, God, this morning we've kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit about this need. And I pray, God, that you, as, we, as we see more of the need out there, God, that you would move us with compassion so that we can partner with you in this, kingdom, in the, in, in this world for your kingdom to come. And also especially in this area, God, of the, of the orphan and the vulnerable, the widow, the, the poor, the down and the out. Yes, we know and we recognize that there is a call for the up and the out as well. But specifically here this morning, God, I want to trust and pray, God, that you would open up our hearts to be able to then engage with faith. That we would trust you for the impossible. We might not have the resources to do what you call us to do, but you say you have. We might, we might be fearful, God, of what lies ahead of the unknown. Or we might still be sitting with our own brokenness that inhibits us from reaching out. But Lord, in whichever space we find ourselves in, I pray, God, that you would move in our hearts so that we would engage with faith. We bring you our mustard seed. We bring you our little that we have. We bring you our bread and our fish. I pray that you will multiply it, God, to reach the children of this nation, to provide a safe place for this nation, a safe place for the children of this nation and the destitute of this nation, Lord. We repent, God, of sometimes just looking the other way because it's too hard, it's too difficult to be constantly confronted with this. Lord, thank you, God, that we can also just remove any burden off of our shoulders that might feel like a heavy weight that is being placed on us that we now need to solve all of this. But we don't. We have the privilege to yoke with you whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light. Let us remove any false burdens that might have come across here this morning to do that which you've not been called to do. And I thank you, God, that you speak clearly to each one about now what? We've heard the cry of the orphan and the vulnerable in this nation. And we pray that you will help us, show us now what? Help us to be open-handed with what we have. Whether it's gifts, whether it's love, whether it's resources, with whatever it is that you have blessed us with, that we would be open-handed with those who are in need. Help us to steward everything of our lives well and to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.